0: In this episode, I discuss five poker strategy rules that are sometimes worth breaking. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi, and I want to thank you for spending a little bit of your summer study time with me, Thanks also for subscribing to the podcast and telling your friends about it. Speaking of telling your friends, if you enjoy this episode, send them to smartpokerstudy.com slash pod310 so they can learn what you're about to learn. And speaking of learning, here are the five strategy rules that I think are sometimes worth breaking in the right situation. Let's get to it. Gambate! This is damn exciting stuff. Catherine Hepburn once said, if you obey all the rules, you miss all the fun. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like stealing from the cookie jar before dinner, that was fun and definitely satisfying, right? Uh, Running red lights when it's safe to do so, like when there aren't any other cars around, it's 1am at night, that kind of thing. It's exciting and it's definitely better than sitting there for 20, 30 seconds waiting for the green light, right? Uh, But let's get to poker, right? Here's a poker example. They tell you, or people will tell you never fold pocket aces preflop. There's never a reason to. Well, let's say it is the stone cold bubble of a $200 super satellite into the 2021 WSOP main event. You're at the final table. The top eight finishers all win a $10,000 entry, and you are number four in chips out of the nine players. Here's what happens, right? A short stack looks at his hand, he shoves. A medium stack, about the same size as you, reshoves. And then a big stack, well hey, he's got the chips, he's got the cards, he calls. You look down to see pocket aces. Yeah, totally. Folding right here is completely fine with pocket aces. You do not have to play them. It doesn't matter that they are the best hand. Everybody at this final table, not everybody, I'm sorry, the top eight finishers all get the exact same prize. It's not worth your effort to try to build that stack. What's more worthy of your effort is ditching the aces to stay alive, to guarantee that you stay alive, to see the next hand, or hopefully the short stack, the mid stack gets knocked out and you win a $10,000 entry. Now, poker is a game of constant adaptation, and sticking to hard and fast strategy rules, that's a sure way to be exploited by those who just don't burden themselves with someone else's lame-ass rules. Of course, I'm talking about strategy rules here. You don't want to break logistical game rules, like one player to a hand, or folding when it's your turn to fold. I'm about to give you five common rules that many of us follow, but sometimes they can be broken with good reason. But here's the thing about breaking rules you must be aware of the consequences. If you run that red light, even at 1am in the morning, a cop might see you, pull you over, give you a ticket. So I'm gonna discuss breaking these five poker rules, but I'll also tell you the possible consequences that you must be aware of when you do so. Breakable rule number one, only three bet with premium hands pre-flop. Now this is a rule that fish and nits follow big time. If you only 3-bet with aces and kings, you can easily be exploited. All your opponent has to do is fold versus every 3-bet that you make. Or, if they want to take a chance, they can play speculative hands by just calling, maybe with deep enough stacks and they'll call you when they have position, and they'll only commit more chips post-flop when they hit 2-pair or better. But if you don't follow this rule, if they've seen you 3-bet with 7-6 suited, ace-5 suited, pocket 8s, it's going to be harder to put you on a range. But here's a possible consequence of three betting a little bit wider. These wider pre flop three betting ranges can lead to tricky spots post flop where you could be dominated by stronger hands. But this is where good post flop skills, hand reading, and understanding your opponents that's going to allow you to make great decisions, even in some tricky spots. Breakable rule number two playing only push fold in tournaments at 15 big blinds or less. So if you only play push-fold at 15 big blinds or less in a tournament, you're missing out on steal opportunities that do not require that you risk your entire tournament life. When you raise less than all-in and you have a 15 big blind stack, many players are going to think that you've got a premium hand and you want some action. This can help you steal some blinds and antis and quickly build to a 20 big blind or greater stack. Plus, if you get called, you can still take the pot away on the flop with a C-bet, and you don't even risk your entire tournament life to make those two plays. But there is a possible consequence of not shoving all in. It can lead to a dwindling stack when your opponents re-raise and then you have to fold, or they call and then you fold versus their flop bet. So be prepared to fight back as necessary against these players who are fighting back against you. Breakable rule number three, never c-bet in multiway flops without the nuts. The rules may tell you that c-betting into a multiway pot is a death sentence if you don't have a strong hand because you've got so many players that you're up against, there's a good chance somebody hits something on this board worth continuing with. But on those hard to hit or maybe even scary boards, something like ace, nine, deuce, rainbow, or uh, deuce, five, eight, all clubs, A C-bet could often win the pot right there for you, even against three other opponents. If they didn't hit anything great, they're going to assume that you have a top pair or a better hand, and they're just going to fold to you. I want you to run these two boards, Ace-9-Deuce, rainbow, and Deuce-5-8, all clubs, run it through Flopzilla against different calling ranges, right? Just assign different calling ranges from your opponents. You open raise, they called, play out these two boards, and see how frequently these calling ranges miss boards. The less often they hit, the more likely they're going to fold to you. But there is a possible consequence to uh, c-betting into multi-way flops. It can be like throwing money away, especially against those non-believing calling stations. All they see is they have a pair, or they have a draw, and they hate folding. They don't care that there's three other players that they have to concern themselves with. You see bet hey, I have a pair, I got a call. That's it, right? If you're trying to bluff non-folders, that's a bad strategy. So watch out if your flop c-bet gets called by one or more players. You'll probably have to give up on the hand at that point. All right, after a quick break, I'll cover rules four and five, and then I'll tell you one of the benefits of being a rule breaker. Some shoutouts today, these awesome poker peeps purchased Poker Tracker 4 through my affiliate link, and by doing so, they supported the show, and for their support, I sent them my SmartHUD for Poker Tracker 4 in thanks. So these people went to smartpokerstudy.com slash pokertracker4 and made the purchase. Matt Godfrey, BJ Marshall, Torsten Rowan, Anton Snellman, Pablo, David Barclay, Archie Mackey, Anand Lyer, Colin McElhenney. Tim Petropen, Aditya Bengali, and Jim Clark. Thank you all so much for picking up Poker Tracker 4 and supporting the show through my link. Once again, smartpokerstudy.com slash pokertracker4. And I want to thank some awesome poker peeps who purchased my new book, Post Flop Online Poker. Martin McCrum, Sirhan Karaka, Bill, Murray Thurman, Massimo Gramegna, Pedro Chavez. Thank you all so very much. You purchased either through Amazon and just search for uh, Post Flop Online Poker, or you can go to my website, smartpokerstudy.com slash Poker, all one word. All right, let's get to breakable rules number four and five. Breakable rule number four, stick to strict bankroll management. Following good bankroll management rules will keep you alive, and it's going to preserve your bankroll through the ups and downs of poker. But occasionally, breaking this rule will not kill you, as long as you have a little bit of self-control. If your general rule is to have 40 cash game buy-ins, that's great. But taking shot at bigger games can be exciting and rewarding. Maybe you're a 10 NL cash game player who's looking to move up uh, and play some higher stakes. Then what you can do is when you're playing your A game, you're making good decisions, you're feeling good on the felt, close one of your 10 NL tables and open up a 25 NL table. For one thing, this is going to give you some insight into the play at higher levels, which surprisingly enough is often pretty close to your own levels. You'll, You'll probably actually see some of the same players you're currently playing with. But by doing this, it's also going to give you a little good shot of excitement. And as a bonus, if you win, you'll get a nice boost to your bankroll. And losing wouldn't be so bad either if it's just double your normal buy-in. But here's a possible consequence of breaking your bankroll rules. Doing it too often or playing in far bigger games than normal could easily lead to blowing your entire bankroll. So just break this rule occasionally with one level higher buy-ins. And breakable rule number five, never show your hand unnecessarily. Now, for me, I very rarely show my hand unnecessarily. The whole idea is if you keep your hand a secret, they're never really going to know how you play. But there could be times when showing your hand can help you at a table. Maybe you know that the player, two seats to your left, they play super tight and they fold their big blind a lot, making it easier for you to steal. So let's say you're stealing and stealing and stealing, and you're getting the idea that he's catching on to your stealing tendencies. The next time you steal and he folds, show him a strong hand. Flip over, if you just have an ace of spades, flip over that ace of spades and show him that. You want to give him a little bit of confidence that he's making good folds so that you can continue stealing from him. But of course, there is a possible consequence for showing your hand unnecessarily. It gives the entire table a little bit of insight into your play, which gives them a slight advantage over you. So break this rule seldomly and only for very good reason. All right, so I hope you enjoyed those five rules and reasons to break them all. But I do want to talk about just being a rule breaker in general. One of the biggest benefits of that is keeping an open mind. When you're presented with new ideas in forums, videos, books, articles, podcasts, and all that stuff, sticking to any rules that you already have in your mind, that's going to prevent you from seeing the value in maybe new plays and new strategies and new ideas that you see. If you're open to the new strategies and you practice them, your poker toolbox will overflow with ways to exploit your opponents. In the past, you know, there have been a few strategies that kind of took the poker world by storm. I want to mention three of them right here. First is small ball poker. This is something that was kind of adopted by Daniel Negreanu and made famous by him. But it's playing with baby connectors and pocket pairs and keeping the pot small. When you hit something, that's when you start building the pot. But for a lot of people, they never played those hands before it came along and you started seeing it in the WPT and and uh, you know commentators would talk about it and stuff. Another strategy that maybe the close-minded people would not uh, do is calling with almost any two cards out of the big blind, especially in tournaments. And a third strategy is flatting three bets with any two cards when you're in position, just with the plan to take it away on the flop or turn. Back in the day, anytime you'd face a three bet, you would think, oh, that's aces, kings, or queens. You'd fold most of the time. But eventually people learned, hey, I can play against this player. I have position. I know they have post-flop weaknesses. I've got to see the flop. And as soon as they check to me, I'm betting to take it away. And one last thing. When you hear someone talk about the rules that they follow, and this is probably for live games mostly. I play online and I ignore the chat. I actually have chat turned off. So if people talk about stuff, I'm never going to see it in the chat. But in a live game, you might hear somebody say, I never this, or I always that. These are the rules that they follow, but assuming that you believe what they're saying is true, now you can exploit them. Let's say you meet a guy, you're playing at the table, and he says, I always 3-bet with ace-king. Great! Now I know you do not have ace-king when you call me pre-flop. Once again, assuming I believe what you're saying, you know? And maybe someone else says, I never c-bet without a pair or a draw. Great! Now I have a better read on your c-betting range. (laughs) Alrighty, your learning is not complete until you visit smartpokerstudy.com pod310 for a transcript of today's episode. And if you enjoyed it, send your friends there as well. And if you're down with taking action to improve your skills and your poker bankroll, you must become a member of thepokerforge.com. Times are wasting. There's no better time than now. If you had become a member a year ago, you would have had one full year of studying, improving your skills, taking action on everything that you learn. You would be such a better player by now. So get in on it, thepokerforge.com. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.